0: We
1: Your, flou- your phone.
0: I'm, I'm, it's for... It's...
1: You bloody millennial.
0: It's for work.
1: At Christmas, I knew this would happen. But my mum walked in on... Okay, I found it. Like, me and Justin and my brother would be in the living room. And if more than one of us was on our phone at once, my mum would comment on it. But often she'd be on her phone, like... <laughs> And I'd always comment on her and she didn't appreciate it. Anyway, uh, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Um, I am the man, the myth, the legend, Hamish Steele.
0: (laughs) Um, Because I meant to say your name.
1: Also, um, (laughs) Tephsir. I
0: I transcend titles.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. I have to still beg myself up. Um, this is the show where we usually tell ghost stories, yeah, but
0: apart from when we go on tours and <laughs> watch films. But
1: <laughs> um, yeah, we have no format. Um,
0: Keep things fresh.
1: Next film we're going to watch. We've decided what we're going to watch. So if you have feelings about this film, please join us. Mm. Um, the...
0: the the classic. <laughs> the
1: classic
0: from twenty sixteen. Yep. Or 15. We're not sure. Featuring the man himself, Jack Black.
1: The man who needs no name. No no name. <laughs> no
0: name. He's <laughs> needs no address. <laughs>
1: um, we're going to watch Goosebumps, the film adaptation of the classic books and TV series, which I have not seen.
0: No, I've not seen it Um
1: But we have talked about Goosebumps in the past, and um, I'm intrigued to see it.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought we'd watched classic horror films and also...
0: Uh, horror adjacent. <laughs> horror
1: adjacent. That's a good cover for uh, an indulgent day in. Um, so that film is on the UK Netflix. So um, watch it at your leisure. Leisure. Um, watch it at your horror. I don't really know. Um,
0: at your pleasure. It might be your favourite film. We don't know.
1: And send in your thoughts, and uh, we'll discuss it. Yeah. Um a later date but today we are back to ghost stories um or more or less yeah mine's kind of ghosty
0: mine's i say the word ghosts <laughs> but it's 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 actually about mario kart up. yes <laughs> it's a mario kart horror no um, well there is a ghost in america as well so yeah um mine's got other things in it
1: the one thing i do not know is who goes first
0: no, I can, but what's yours lengthwise?
1: <laughs> yours, I think, is going to be I think, longer. I think
0: mine's a bit of a monster because I started writing up from the article uh, and then it just kept on going.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, and also you've um, uh, you've. already admitted that you can't quite read your handwriting, <laughs> so there might be a little bit of deciphering yeah. going on. Um,
0: I need to reset a stone for myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback to last yeah. week in the British Museum. I think Rosetta Stone's going to be my drag name. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, so I guess I'll go first then.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: Um, all right. I'm going to take a sip of Beverage. Um,
0: <laughs> I'll just say, what is that? Because it looks a very suspicious shade of yellow.
1: It. You can say it looks like piss. <laughs> Um It is.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's apple squash. Oh. Not a choice anyone would usually make, is it? No. It's, um It's something we're trying. <laughs> um, it, I don't know. It tastes odd. It's incredibly weak. Don't worry. My house just makes noises. <laughs> That's downstairs, chainsawing, bed... <laughs> I don't know. Um <laughs> Okay, right. So. I'm going to transport you to the 70s. Oh, I love it. Love it. Okay, so the nineteen seventies. I know that it could be. Yeah, the it could be, This is this is the show. Ten
0: seventies on this show.
1: Um, so that's a while before the Satanic Panic in the eighties and nineties. But the world still has one foot left in the darkness mm. and the mystery. One foot in the grave. One foot in the grave, literally. Well done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I just think there's, there's a people are more willing to believe.
0: Was that when like New Age stuff was starting?
1: yeah and like I think the occult was very much in people's minds, yeah. um, and I'm going to tell you the story of the vampire of Highgate Cemetery. <gasps> now, this was something I did want to tell uh, when we first decided to do this podcast. I wanted this to be my first story. Um, however, it doesn't really have any ghosts in, <laughs> and also I wanted to tell it to you in Highgate Cemetery, um, which well, is one cold of that. Yeah, it might be a bit cold. The sound would be even worse. Um but I think we should still go. Um, yeah.
0: Try and find the vampire.
1: Yeah. Um Highgate Cemetery is wonderful. Um we went uh on my illustration course for a drawing oh, day. Oh, nice. Um lots of weeping angel type statues, lots of crumbled remains. Um the cemetery is um So the story is called The Vampire of Highgate Cemetery, but really it's about two men, Sean Manchester and David Farratt. Remember, Sean and David. Okay. David and Sean. Um, Sean of the Dead. (laughs) David of the...
0: (laughs) David of the Dead.
1: David of the Dead.
0: Oh, because... David. (laughs)
1: ah, Yeah. And Mike of the Living Dead. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Highgate is one of the oldest and largest cemeteries in London, with over 170,000 people buried there, including Karl Marx...
0: Yeah.
1: Douglas Adams... And Jeremy Beadle. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: quite a selection.
1: Um, Apparently, because Karl Marx is buried there, a lot of socialists like to be buried there. Um, It's the hot property... Um, German Beetle is one of the most recent. That's another more quite recent. I, I was surprised people are still being buried there. Um, but there's some other...
0: Maybe it's like... They're guessing they're very select now about who they're <laughs> Well,
1: they've already, like, bought their...
0: Oh, so they, they pre-booked.
1: Pre-booked. I um,
0: reserve to see.
1: <laughs> it wasn't John Hurt. But it was someone like John Hurt. Okay. <laughs> oh. It was one of the 2016 Celebrity Massacre people. Um... As in the 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 mass death. Of yeah, I'm trying to think he died
0: now.
1: I don't know who it was. I'll look it up afterwards. The, the, there's a whole list of who's buried there on uh, the Highgate Cemetery Wikipedia page. Um, okay, the, so the story really begins in December 1969. So not actually the seventies. Nice. 70s. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 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 winter of ghosts of 69. Okay, um, the British Psychic and Occult Society enjoyed roaming the overgrown, cold, and dilapidated cemetery at night. Um, This was at a time when the cemetery wasn't looked after very well and was often vandalised and broken into by intruders. But the British Psychic and Occult Society are good eggs. um, More than that. Um, One of the occultists was David of the Dead, David Farrow, who spent a night there alone on December 21st. In 1969. Because <laughs> he's an occultist. <laughs> he wants to find a ghost friend. In December, um, I mean. God. It is a bit much, isn't it? Like. That's it's how I a...
0: sleeping bag.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't know how. He must have brought, like. I hope he had a hottie body. <laughs> um, while. Okay, now. Get scared. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. While he was there, he said he glimpsed a grey figure lurking around, but couldn't see who it was any clearer. David uh, recounted what he saw in the Hampstead and Highgate Express in February of the 70s so we're in the 70s now okay yeah. um, instant change from yeah. like Beatles uh, <laughs> ball head cuts to mullet no long I don't know I don't know my decades I know about ghosts and, um, <laughs> uh, so he recounted what he saw of this grey figure and asked if others had seen anything similar. Almost straight away, several people replied, describing a variety of ghosts that said to haunt the cemetery in the nearby Swain's Lane. The ghosts' sightings included a tall man in a hat, a spectral cyclist, a woman in white, a figure wading through a pond, bells ringing, a pale gliding figure, and a frighteningly angry face glaring through the bars of the gate. Um, While David believed these stories, he was also disheartened that no one had quite matched his description of what he saw, Um, and also thought that after a while, because the paper kept getting suggestions that they were a little bit phony. Um, However, some context. A few years before, in Tottenham Park Cemetery youths youths, had broken several graves um, left fa- flowers in strange patterns and most disturbing of all had opened up a grave and plunged an iron crucifix through the heart of a corpse yeah. um, while this wasn't related to the Highgate uh, story I'm about to tell um, basically people messing about in cemeteries yeah. everyone was thinking about vampires And teenagers. The idea of sort of... I don't know. It was in the public consciousness about this. Um, So, with that in mind, let us introduce Sean. Uh, (laughs) He was a local man to the cemetery and was keen to identify the grey figure and eliminate it. (gasps) After researching heavily, Sean um, decided that the figure was a king vampire of the undead. He said a Romanian medieval nobleman and practitioner of black magic had been brought to England in a coffin and then in the early 18th century uh, he was buried in Highgate Cemetery and Sean claimed that modern Satanists had roused him and the only course of action would be to plunge a stake through the corpse's heart decapitate him and burn him.
0: He just read Dracula.
1: <laughs> but unfortunately he said that was not legal Manny <laughs> state <laughs> um the health and safety the, he recounted all of this in a paper with a headline with in the same paper with the headline does a vampire walk in highgate <laughs> um yes there's a there's a term and i cannot remember it but i was when i was researching this um it was used to describe Basically, he had read Dracula. <laughs> but it's like when the myth of something becomes that th- you are creating it and like you're yeah. chasing the thing that you've made up that you really believe. Mm. It was all very complicated. Um, so that was by Sean. Sean wrote that. And then David followed his article with his own report saying that he'd found dead foxes drained of blood in the cemetery. However, he didn't wish to identify the thing so concretely as an undead king vampire from Romania. <laughs> um David and Sean began writing article after article, basically trying to outdo each other in a kind of supernatural macho pissing contest. <laughs> <laughs> um they became had an intense rivalry, um and basically I think this could make a great musical. Um and they it got to a point when they were both said that they were going to identify and destroy the creature before the other one did. This would um, be a good musical. It would. It's something
0: comedy, like horror comedy musical.
1: I think it would be a good, uh, like, comedy film. Mm. Um, but unfortunately they are both... St- you'll get still to the living. end. They're still alive and mm. still hate each other. <laughs> and I bet they both own joint rights to the. They're in lives. We'll go straight to the Hampstead and Highgate Express for the <laughs> exclusive story. Okay, so Sean, um, declared that he would hold an official vampire hunt on Friday the 13th of March. Um, ITV set up interviews with both Sean and David, along with others who had seen spooky happenings. Uh, these interviews were broadcast on the afternoon of the 13th, and then, um, the night of the vampire hunt. Um... These, so these interviews were broadcast, and then within two hours of their broadcast, the cemetery was mo- mobbed by vampire hunters from all over London. Um, they were breaking down the cemetery gates, armed with stakes, crosses, and garlic, despite major police effort to stop them. <laughs> um, there was chaos on that night. However, years later, Sean spoke of his experience of that night, which differed from what possibly happened. Uh, He claims that during the chaos he and some of his close companions slipped by the police and tried to open the door of a particular catacomb which a psychic sleepwalking girl had led him to the previous night. However, try as they might, the group could not open the door door of the tomb, so instead they climbed on the roof, broke a hole in it, and then poured holy water and garlic down, (laughs) which they thought would be good enough. Um, a few months later in August, uh, so a bit of a turn, a few months later in August, the charred and headless remains of a woman's body were found not far from the tomb. The police suspected black magic had been used, but didn't bring anyone to trial. However, David was arrested briefly, um, by police for lurking about the cemetery (laughs) with a stake and crucifix, um, both men had both Sean and David, um, even when the cameras weren't watching and no one cared anymore, um, kept going back to the cemetery um to continue their pissing contest in private, I've written. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so while I while it's probably true that um Sean at least uh invented the vampire aspect, um David eventually completely believed it as well and they both were determined it became an obsession of both of them like they didn't even care about the press of it anymore they just wanted to kill this vampire um sean wrote a book um with some even wilder claims he says that during the day once he returned to the cemetery um uh when you are allowed to visit it <laughs> so he didn't break in this time Um, with the help of some companions including the sleepwalking girl Um, and they did manage to prise open the door of the tomb um, and he opened up a coffin to reveal a vampiric corpse (laughs) which he then was about to stake until one of his companions told him not to however he said that three years later he had found the same vampiric corpse in a cellar of an empty house in Highgate and burnt it to ashes Wow, Wow, indeed. Um, I, basically, a, a note I've written down is that Sean's story about the vampire almost completely um, word for word is Dracula. <laughs> 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 um, so, the aftermath. And uh, everything else I wrote myself, but this is from Wikipedia, I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, there was a... Uh, uh, Okay, so um, David and Sean, um, once again uh, in 1973 um, were in the public eye because they had challenged each other to a magician's duel. (laughs) (laughs) Which um, sorry, I I shouldn't laugh.
0: Is it like in the classic Harry Potter PlayStation 1 where you have (laughs) a wizard cracker duel?
1: (laughs) Cracker duel? (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Might take came out for is with the wizard crackers, <laughs> but as in like the Christmas crackers, oh, <laughs> and you threw them at each other and they explode.
1: Um, it was exactly <laughs> like that. Um, unfortunately, it never actually came to be. They they basically just challenged each other to it. It never happened. But in the musical, it definitely would with crackers. Uh, yes, we'll just change <laughs> the names. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> so David. Um, was jailed in 1974 <laughs> for damaging memorials and t- and interfering with dead remains in Highgate Cemetery. Um,
0: I supposed to alive remains.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh God. <laughs> well, it is it is the Poltergeist. Anything that happened. Yeah, okay. um, he dead uh, remains vandal- uh, Um, also vandalism and desecration, which he insisted had not been caused by him, but other Satanists. <laughs> um both uh so uh, all of these little things um in 1975 um sean wrote a chapter of um a book um a uh, by peter underwood a well-known popular writer on ghost law um, about the highgate vampire and the highgate vampire has since cropped up in many supernatural um books there's well, i think there's they're episode- gonna say they came back <laughs> no i think there's an episode of lore on it um or at least it's featured mm. lore often has multiple things an episode um it i i read about it in uh a super spooky natural super spooky natural <laughs> a spooky supernatural i like spooky natural it is a, this is i think that's the theme of our show because this isn't technically ghosts although some ghosts featured um so, the feud between um, Sean and David remains vigorous to this day. Each claims to be a um, competent exorcist and researcher of the paranormal. Each pours scorn on the other's alleged expertise. They continue to investigate supposed supernatural phenomena and have both written and spoken repeatedly about the Highgate events in um, in every medium available, each stressing thou their own role in... Um, to the exclusion of the other. Um, uh, oh, in her book, Bloodlust, Conversations with Real Vampires, published by HarperCollins in 1991, author Carol Page describes her lengthy interview with Sean Manchester, um, further questioning his credibility and describes his self-proclaimed activities as the <sighs> real evil of Highgate Cemetery. it's oh, wow. That's quite dramatic.
0: Nice. Steak.
1: That's where it ends. But I did look up... I couldn't find the actual ITV interviews, but oh, okay. I found a lot of... They... They like to be interviewed. Yeah. <laughs> so I found a lot of um, David and Sean, and, you know, you don't even need to see a picture. I think you can kind of guess what, like, a 70s British occultist who believes Dracula is real.
0: Is there any sort of, like, long black coat involved?
1: Actually, maybe... Maybe it's not quite how you picture... Um oh no there he
0: is
1: (laughs) There's David Farrett. With a long black coat. With a long black coat. Um yeah, this is from an interview where and what I find interesting is that Sean's the one that came up with the vampire thing. And he just
0: tricks himself into believing it.
1: And David's the one that's like, well, it's a good story. Well but maybe he does believe it. I mean, I still even though in the context of this story Dave is the one that's like oh I don't believe all of those ghost stories people sent in Mm. I actually find the creepiest the like angry face at the bars of the gate like um it's a graveyard it's one of the biggest if there's gonna be ghosts it's gonna be there and I you know I think I believe he did see the grave figure I do believe the people have seen things in Highgate yeah but it's interesting how um it kind of spiralled into this strange strange war to (laughs) kill a vampire that probably didn't exist (laughs) Um, and some innocent graves got desecrated in Mm. the, in the, um...
0: You might have seen Karl Marx.
1: Yeah. The, the, the communist vampire of, um, Highgate.
0: We might not have been doing vampire things, might have just been out for a ghostly stroll. (laughs) Yeah,
1: maybe you did. Um, so yeah, I think we should still go to Highgate because I think there's probably more ghost stories from there and, um... It's just a good place for a photo with a spoop. (laughs) So, yeah, that's my story.
0: I enjoyed that. It's quite funny.
1: Thank you. I I wanted to do something um, light.
0: Mine's quite a different tone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready. It's also long and, like, my writing is bad. Um, I tried reading
1: Lord of the Rings last year and... um...
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's not that long.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but my favourite thing is that it starts in the introduction... um, Tolkien says, I decided to write Lord of the Rings because I wanted to see if I could write a really long book.
0: <laughs> well, he
1: did. He did.
0: He set out to do something oh, and he did
1: it. I'm sorry, I've said that twice today. I don't, <laughs> I don't mean it. I don't. I'm, I'm sorry. Just,
0: you've had too much of that apple squash. <laughs> it's gone to your head.
1: I'm sorry, it's not apple squash.
0: But, okay. Okay, mine is The Exorcisms. <gasps> of L- Latoya Ammons. Oh. This was... Okay. The Ammons family, not Adams, Ammons, <laughs> <laughs> um, which was Latoya, her three kids who were never named and her mother... Well, because <laughs> their privacy because it's quite recent. Oh, she's, she's, <laughs> she's never just, named them. <laughs> <laughs> she, couldn't, she couldn't be bothered. She just couldn't think of anything good. It's like thing one, thing two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, she for their privacy. Yes. she The children not named. Okay. Um And her mother, Rosa Campbell. Um, and I have to give credit for this article, for this um, story. I'm, I lift most of it in my own words from an article on the Indy Star, which is an Indiana newspaper, by Marissa Kwi- Kwiat- Kwiatkowski And apologies if I said your name wrong.
1: You but didn't you're... say it right. <laughs> 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 no, but, but I'm, not, I'm sure it's not queen, queen, <laughs> queen, 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 queen. Yes. queen I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah.
0: But whatever. Well, Marissa, the um, yeah. article was good, and I used it a lot. Um, okay, so the Ammons family moved into a rental house on Carolina Street in the town of Gary, mm. <laughs> Indiana, in November 2011. Shortly afterwards, in December. Their porch became swarmed by huge black flies. No matter how many times they killed the flies, they just kept coming back. That was just the beginning.
1: Zombie flies. Yeah.
0: Late past midnight, both Latoya and her mother Rosa heard footsteps up the basement steps. The door between the kitchen and the basement creaked open. No one was there. They locked the door, but the footsteps persisted. One night, Rosa awoke to see a shadowy man pacing her room. She hurried out of bed to investigate. The man was there no longer, but left behind a large set of wet footprints in his stead. 10th of March, 2012. Family and some friends are up late at 2am after mourning the death of of a loved one. Latoya, who was in Rosa's bedroom at the time, starts screaming, Mama! Mama! Rosa ran to the bedroom where her 12-year-old granddaughter was staying with a friend. Her granddaughter was unconscious and levitating above the bed. Oh. So others... <laughs> no, I... I don't know what show it was, but
1: something that haunted my childhood was like a CBC show where someone was walking across the street and they looked at a window and they saw a girl levitating above the bed. It used to frighten me so much that so it's just not a thing I like.
0: Why well, I, ha- I felt like I was levitating when I had sleep paralysis. Maybe you were. Oh, yeah, you knows. Anyway, um, several others came into the room and joined Razor and Latoya in praying and as they gathered around the bed. And after some time, she woke up with no, no, no memory of the event. After that night, their guests refused to come back. <laughs> the two women decided they needed to find help, but most churches refused to, to listen to them. Eventually, one did, and... And sorry, oh, and sent some officials to take a look. And they told them they had spirits in their house. In order to be rid of them, they had to clean the house with bleach and ammonia. And now, it seems to me, they probably just thought her house needed a bit clean. And they were just trying, trying to say it in a bit of a different way.
1: This house it's is clean. clean. <laughs> Queen. <laughs>
0: anyway, um... And then to draw crosses on every door and window with oil,
1: mm. vegetable or sunflower.
0: <laughs> olive. Oh. <laughs> Actually, um, they also suggested that Latoya pour olive oil on her children's hands and feet and use it to make the sign of the cross on their foreheads. Is we can say
1: something? I'm 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 really sorry, but I am just imagining Latoya Jackson like, throughout this. <laughs> <I'm sorry.
0: laughs> Well, Alex, like
1: it better to be honest. Is she with the, the, the magnifying <laughs> glass? <laughs> like the game ghosts. Okay, I'll try and keep this spooky. I'm sorry.
0: Okay, um, as well as the church, Ammons and Campbell asked the opinion of two clairvoyants, who said over two hundred demons, oh yeah, were invading their this one-story rental home, and suggested that the family move. That's too many demons. (laughs) However, this wasn't financially an option for the family. So the clever instead suggested that the next next best thing was to build an altar in the basement. Mm -hmm. She covered an end table with a white sheet and placed a white candle on top with a statue of Mary, Jesus and Joseph. And Latoya and someone else who was with her, who they didn't name either, who was never given a name. (laughs) <laughs> by her mother. It's, it's a problem in this town of Gary. <laughs> no one bothers no one naming their kids. Um, they wore white t-shirts and wrapped white scarves around their heads. Starting from upstairs, they burned a mixture of sage and sulphur all the way downstairs to the basement, which covered it in a thick curtain of smoke, which made even breathing difficult. Uh, the other person read Psalm 91 as Latoya drew crosses of smoke throughout the house and the psalm goes like this <laughs> <laughs> it's not a psalm
1: welcome to the podcast this is the uh, psalm hour
0: <laughs> um, you will not fear the something of for... oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good psalm
1: it's nice and general <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to hit You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Which is a very specific plague, (laughs) I say. But okay, God. (laughs) 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 Spooky. Sorry. Um, The family had three days of peace, and then demons possessed Latoya and her three children, aged seven, nine, and (laughs) twelve.
1: So, I have names now. <laughs> no, <I
0: should. laughs> Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> this isn't funny. The children's.
1: <laughs> okay, spooky mood.
0: <sighs> okay, the children's eyes would bulge as they smiled menacingly. And spoke in unnaturally deep voices. Latoya's body shook and she remembered feeling weak, lightheaded and warm as she lost control of her body. The seven-year-old son was found um, in the closet talking to another boy who no one else could see. This new friend described what it felt like to be killed. The same son was also thrown out of the bathroom by an invisible force and... The 12-year-old daughter had been smacked by a headboard so hard that she needed stitches. So I don't really know. I'm guessing they mean like a headboard of a bed. Yeah. But I don't know how you... I guess... I don't know. Um, Later, when talking to mental health professionals, the daughter recollected how sometimes she felt someone was holding her down and choking her, all while a voice told her she would never see her family again, and not live another twenty minutes mm. after having to resort to some nights in hotels, they turned to the family doctor Geoffrey on 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 jeffrey in <laughs> <laughs> in April that year Jeff Jeffrey said he was scared when he walked in bought in he hadn't heard anything like this in his twenty years of practice the doctor himself wouldn't um go into much detail when he was interviewed unless latoya had psychiatric clearance for the waiver of confidentiality that she signed his medical notes did say however delusions of ghost in home hallucinations history of ghost at home delusional so i don't know why he repeated himself but anyway According to the account from Rosa and the later report by the Indiana Department of Child Services, the two sons raged and cursed at the doctor in demonic voices. Mm. The youngest was lifted and thrown at the, at the wall with nobody um, touching him. They both passed, both the boys passed out and were cradled in the arms of the two women until, while well, someone in the doctor's office called 911. Multiple ambulances and seven or eight police officers arrived at the scene to take the boys to the Methodist hospital. Latoya tried to anoint her sons with oil, but the but she was laughed at, laughed off by hospital staff.
1: This is... Like, because this is so recent and it's involving so many professionals, mm-hmm. it's like, it, it's, it's one of these things that falls into the category of, like, it doesn't matter what you believe... A family is, like, going through some shit. Yeah, it's like, pretty awful. Like, yeah. it's it even worse. Like, it's just... Oh, God.
0: Um,
1: Here we go.
0: In hospital, they awoke and the nine-year-old was fine. The seven-year-old, however, screamed and thrashed so much five men had to hold him down. Child Services case manager, Valerie Washington, um, was sent to investigate after an anonymous report to... D.C.S., which is just the acronym for child services over there, mm. um, speculating all of this was a charade carried out by the scheming of a mentally ill Latoya. This concern was dispelled when the children were found to be healthy, and a psychiatrist at the hospital evaluated Latoya to be sound of mind. As Valerie interviewed, um, as Valerie interviewed her, the seven-year-old son bared his teeth and growled his eyes rolled back in his head. He suddenly grabbed his brother by the throat, only letting go as the adults prized his fingers away. In the evening, Valerie, um, Valerie along with with nurse Willie Lee Walker, interviewed the two boys in a separate room along with their grandmother, Rosa. As he stared deep into his brother's eyes, the seven-year-old growled once again, saying, it's time to die. I will kill you. The older boy then headbutted him, his grandmother, in the stomach. She grab- she grabbed his hand and started praying, but it wasn't enough. He took. He took on a weird grin, walked backwards up a wall, <laughs> to the ceiling, flipped over Rosa, and landed on his feet, never letting go of her hand the whole time. I think it's quite a small room. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, that that boy needs therapy. <laughs>
0: The police asked her if the boy was um, doing an acrobatic trick, but, <laughs> but Valerie emphatically stated that, that was not the case. In her words, he glided backwards, as th- backward on the floor, wall and ceiling.
1: I mean, it's a pretty good acrobatic
0: trick. I think yeah, if it can't move, if he just glides.
1: Yeah.
0: Both her and the nurse ran from the room in terror, telling a doctor what happened. The boy didn't remember any of this and said he couldn't do it um, again when asked. Rosa Rosa told the older boy, oh no, she took the older boy and, and the daughter to a relative that night while Latoya stayed with her youngest in the hospital. The next day, as the family were together at the hospital celebrating the youngest's eighth birthday, the news broke that child services were taking custody of the children without a court order after Washington's report stated. Report, she stated that all the children were experiencing spiritual and emotional distress.
1: Mm.
0: The next day, the hospital chaplain called Reverend Michael Maginot, asking him to exercise this, the nine-year-old. He he agreed to interview Rosa and Latoya after Sunday mass to rule out natural causes for the phenomena. Two hours into the interview in the ho- in their home. Rosa interrupted to point out a flickering bathroom light. Every time Maginot approached it, it stopped. It must be scared of me, Maginot thought, Mm. it being the demonic presence. Interruptions continued as the Venetian um, blinds in in the bedroom would swing with no air current in the room. Maginot also saw wet footprints, which which, uh, Rosa had seen.
1: Mm, quite a long yeah. time ago as well.
0: I remember them. Um Latour compl- complained of a headache and and something <laughs> <laughs>
1: She complained
0: <laughs> And uh when oh. oh okay right, yeah. She compl- <laughs> I know everyone. She complained of a headache and convulsed when when, when Maginot placed a crucible Cruci- crucible. crucifix Cruci- <laughs> against her head. <laughs> he just placed a copy of the crucible. <laughs> <It's> goody Proctor! <laughs> After four hours, Maginot concluded the family was dealing with both ghosts and demons. They told you they Oh ghostiness. my god.
1: Combo. C-c-c-c-combo.
0: Combo deal. As he left, he blessed the house but told them to leave for their own safety. Unfortunately, it wasn't even a week before they had to go back. They had to let Washington in to check. <laughs> Excuse me, to check the condition of the house for child services, and Washington had asked a police officer to come with her, and he brought two others from the poli- from other police departments who had asked to come out of professional... I'm doing air quotes here, everyone. <laughs> professional curiosity, i.e. they were nosy.
1: <laughs> they heard there was a ghost house and they want to see. Yeah.
0: Latoya wouldn't go back in, so it was just Rosa accompanying the group. Now, here's a quick overview of the layout of the house. Um, it's just bi- basically a one-floor, um, which has three bedrooms, one bathroom, wooden floors and an open plan kitchen in it. And then from the kitchen there's a door that leads down to a basement which has concrete floors. Right under the stairs though, the concrete's all jagged and it's all and broken, leaving the dirt floor underneath exposed. And that is where Rosa believed the demons emanated from. He's a bit suspicious about dirt patch. Mm. Um
1: I mean, I wouldn't be able to handle just having a basement full stop.
0: <laughs> They're
1: not that common in the UK.
0: No, that you only get sort of like under them as in like these sort of townhouses often
1: um, um
0: where they'll be like split up into like a flat
1: like I went over to Joe Sparrow and Blanca Um, that sorry I left my phone next to the microphone I'm going to say this again <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah, I went just around my friend's house and um, they had a basement and we went in very, very briefly. And it's just a small passage or a mattress in and it wasn't okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good happens in the no. attics and basements.
0: No, it's just like, it's just the law. No. It's where bad things go. They either rise or they sink. <laughs> um, so one of the police officers called Austin said beforehand that he didn't believe in demons. His visit to Carolina Street changed his mind. The audio records had only... Um, bleh, let me start again. The audio recorders had only just had their batteries replaced that very same day. But they malfunctioned and quickly lost power during an interview with Rosa. That might <laughs> be probably made by Apple. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is that your...
0: Sassy commentary. Was that, sassy...
1: was that from the article?
0: No, that, wasn't, that was me. That's me <laughs> being sour. Um,
1: what? Because the new, the new one had come out, so they
0: malfunctioned. Yeah. Um, later. Um, later, uh, there was some more police audio. They took that was played back, and an unknown voice was heard whispering, "Hey." <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's probably not that. I mean, still like uh, one of
1: my least like, favorite things, uh, voices. Uh, but I mean, that one's quite nice. Like,
0: hey, hey, no,
1: no <laughs> all good demons. <laughs> hey
0: guys. <laughs> hey yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, it's me, Baphomet. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. I mean, it
1: sounds quite crowded in there. Yeah, two hundred.
0: To... Oh god. So you one story house, the basement. I mean, there's only so much room. Uh. Um. Then also, in a photo that the police took of the basement stairs, a cloudy white image um, obscures the top right-hand corner that resembles a face when enlarged. And then a second female-appearing image also became noticeable.
1: Mm.
0: Um. Austin Austin saw strange silhouettes in the pictures that he took on his iPhone, and it seems... His, yeah uh, Well, yes, it's, it's an iPhone, isn't it? <laughs> Um, it seems that his professional curiosity may have bitten him in the backside, as his problems didn't stop once he left the house.
1: Oh.
0: When he got home, his garage door wouldn't open, despite the power being on in everywhere, everywhere else in the house. Um, and the driver's seat in his car started moving backwards and forwards on its own. The car mechanic said that the, seat mo- the seat's motor was broken and could have led to an accident. Were the entities in Caroline Street sending a warning, or was it just bad luck?
1: Probably bad luck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Very tech savvy demon. Yeah. Sometimes, LaToya couldn't send her children to school because, in her words, the spirits would make them sick or they would be up all night without sleep. And this had been going on for quite a while. So um, she
1: decided to keep them in the demon house?
0: Yeah, apparently. And DCS claimed that she was neglecting the children's education because of this. That's why they took them away for the temporary um, wardship. Um, so the two um, oldest were sent to St. Joseph's Carmel- Carmelite Home in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, which is in a whole other state. But I think Illinois is a quite close. I think Gary must be quite close to the border with mm. Illinois. Um, I think I, I Wikipedia because I was like am I reading it right this place is called Gary <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice
1: name um,
0: but the youngest Maybe that's
1: why people can't name their children because the town is took the best one yeah <laughs> Um,
0: but the youngest was sent to a place called Christy, Christian Haven in Wheatfield to get a psych evaluation the psychologist who evaluated the boy said he was on the whole um, on the whole coherent and logical but his stories became bizarre, fragmented and illogical when he talked about demons mm. according to her experience the only he only behaved possessed when challenged or asked something that he didn't want to answer same <laughs> she didn't She didn't believe that he suffered from a true psychotic disorder and said concluding that this appears to be an unfortunate and sad case of a child who has been induced into a delusional system perpetuated by his mother and potentially other relatives. The other two children now over in Chicago were also evaluated by a guy called Joel Schwartz who came to to a similar conclusion about Latoya's effect on her children. This being after... They told him about seeing shadowy figures in their home, going into trances and doors slamming and stuff moving around. So he still just thought it was just the mum sort of believing all this and the children sort of going along with it.
1: I could imagine if something's happening in the house and the parent says that it's demons and ghosts... The kids will. The the kids will definitely run with it. Yeah. They won't think... Mom like, you need to trust your parents. Yeah.
0: Them. I think, like, I got the impression from this that they had a good relationship with their mother and stuff. Like, mm. she truly loved her children. Um, Several so psychologists examined Lutoy herself. Their report showed she was guarded but not exp- expressing symptoms of psychosis or thought disorder. Although one did say that they should determine whether her religiosity may be... Maybe, um, maybe, <laughs> it looks like said mashing, and that can't be right. <laughs> maybe something underlying delusional ideation or percep- perceptual disturbances. You know, you just got to mash those, got to mash those, <laughs> got, got to mash those um, underlying delusions, you know. All this time, Latoya and her children insisted that they were possessed, but child services decided to set family goals for how to live from now on, to change their behaviour. They evidently assumed that it was more of a mental issue than anything else. The goals were, number one, the the kids shouldn't talk about demons being possessed and take responsibility for their actions. They also had to go to therapy for their previous behaviour. Two, Atoyan needed to use alternate forms of discipline not directed lately to religion and demon possessions. This included encouragement, rules, and withholding privileges. And I found this quite strange, because where it says, like, discipline not related to religion and demon possessions, so was she using threats of that when her children did something bad? Maybe. Was she sort of saying, like, God will strike you down if... Whatever.
1: Yeah, or like go to go to hell. <laughs> or like if you do
0: that, then demons will be able to come
1: mm. get
0: into your soul, or whatever. I don't know. It wasn't explicit, but I find that quite an interesting way of phrasing it. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: she could work. Um, she could work on this during supervised visits, so she still wasn't living with her children again. Mm. And three, Latoya had to find work and new housing away from the demon house. <laughs> Um, while the family were trying to fix themselves under the new under the new guidelines, the house itself was still under investigation, suggesting police and child services themselves still weren't sure of their own proposed theory of events. They still they still thought something was weird at the house. So, tenth of May, twenty twelve, the police officers from the first visit, along with the reverend, two more police officers, a police dog, and Samantha Illick from the child char- from child services who was there in place of Valerie from before, who refused to go back, (laughs) visited the house um, with with Rosa and Latoya again. The group descended to the basement once more and Illich saw a strange liquid dripping. She touched it and said it felt slippery yet sticky.
1: Like apple squash.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, or barbecue sauce.
1: (laughs) Oh God, no! (laughs) I will not be dying with barbecue sauce. It (laughs) plagues my thoughts, my dreams, my nightmares. (laughs)
0: It's sounds like ectoplasm, mm. which I didn't think I'd ever actually come up in any real things. But I'll
1: do I'll do an ectoplasm special next <laughs> week. That sounds grim. Yeah.
0: Maginot told the police he wanted to check the dirt floor under the stairs, as if someone had died in the house and been buried there, it would explain the paranormal activity. So the police dug, and found the following. Oh god. And when I was looking at another article. No, it was an article, it was a video. And this guy was saying about that they dug stuff up and how it was evidence of necromancy. And judging by this list, I find that very hard to believe. And, you know, I do believe in a lot of spooky stuff, but, I mean, these items be a very interesting necromancer to be using them as ingredients. Mm-hmm. Okay. A pink press-on fingernail <laughs> a white pair of women's underwear
1: You can't wear the dead If you ain't cute
0: <laughs> Political shirt pin Ooh. A small cooking pan lid This one's quite strange Socks that were cut off below the ankles So like Not even the foot part of a sock <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Candy wrappers and a heavy metal object that looked like a weight for a drapery cord.
1: Well, obviously, my first thought was necromancy. <laughs> You're like, oh, good nails. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like <laughs> <Stay> what? <fine. laughs> That's very strange. Yeah.
0: So anyway, um, later later in the living room, Illex's left pinky finger started to tingle and go white, and then she felt, and then it felt broken altogether. Shortly afterwards, she struggled to breathe and waited outside, feeling like she, she felt like you had a panic. she was having a panic attack or something. Latoya then joined her after she dared a headache and shoulder pain during the priest's questioning. Night fell, and police officer Austin, who had been on the force for over three decades, went home he didn't He didn't want to to stay in the house after dark because mm. he was so freaked out. The others stayed on noticed a strange oil, oil-like oil substance dripping from the bedroom blinds. They wiped it off and sealed the room for 25 minutes to make sure that no one was just pouring it on as part of the hoax. The oil returned after no one had touched the blinds. More barbecue sauce.
1: What is this oil again? I thought, I they pu- I thought oil was good.
0: I'm guessing it's not olive oil. So <laughs> this is olive, like oil-like substance, so mm. I'm guessing they couldn't really tell what it is. The reverend wrote out all of this in a report he sent to the bishop to request permission for an exorcism. And now we're going to start what happened in some previous ones of mine where priests <laughs> don't like doing anything, so they ask other priests. And they I like was about to
1: say that. I thought I brought it up like the second time you yeah. did a priest asking priest. Yeah, there.
0: it's just this, the priest game of telephone happens yeah. again. So in 21 years as bishop of, as bishop of Gary... Dale Mex... Mexic...
1: (laughs) They're not going to hear this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) ...had never authorised, at least according to Maginot anyway, an exorcism. The diocese, when contacted, wouldn't confirm. Mm. At first the bishop said no, and said to contact other priests who have done it. (laughs) Maginot said he needed other priests to give him the ritual for a minor exorcism doesn't require church approval
1: this ain't my first exorcism
0: those priests told t- basically told him to google it <laughs> i mean they didn't say google it in the article, call they said look it up on the internet but we all know what that means
1: i mean we can't joke that's what we do yeah that's the basis of our show yeah <laughs> um but i'm not
0: i'm not performing exorcisms <laughs>
1: give it time someone will call on us one day will you answer the call
0: so he did, and he performed an intense blessing <laughs> <laughs> to expel bad spirits from the house before beginning the minor exorcism on Latoya.
1: An exorcism, an exorcism mini. Hmm.
0: The two police officers and Samantha were, um, and Samantha Illich were both who were. Both were in attendance at the two-hour ritual, which was mainly just prayer and statements casting the demons out. So nothing that bouncy. Mm
1: -hmm. Just
0: your basics. Just your basic statements. The demon slash ghost slash thing once again did not seem to like other other people prying into its business. A week later, Illick had a string of medical problems. She got third-degree burns from a motorbike, broke... Broke her something <laughs> broke What? make one up something within 30 she was just hm oh her ankle <laughs> no her ankle was something else she broke something
1: her her, her... she broke her wind
0: <laughs> she injured herself jet skiing within 30 days
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: um she hit <laughs> She she hit a table and broke her hand and then broke her ankle oh, <laughs> when running in flip-flops. <laughs> Ghosts. <laughs> Some of her friends wouldn't even talk to her thinking she had something evil that had attached to her. While Illich was jet skiing and running in flip-flops, Maginot gave Latoya homework. <laughs> he said to find out the names of the demons tormenting her, that if she, if he had the names of the demons, he would have power against them during the exorcism. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why he couldn't look for him. But hey. So Latoya and a friend turned to the internet, searching for demons that correlated to all the awful goings on. Her search was hampered when when she started feeling light headed when using the computer, and the computer started spontaneously shutting down. Um. They did eventually find the names though, including the Lord of the Flies himself, Beelzebub. Yay! Uh, and they didn't name Big any fan. they didn't name any others, but they said they found them to do with, like demons to do of like problems with children and stuff like that. hmm Um so after the minor ritual, the bishop allowed Maginot to fully exercise La Toya. It's the same thing, but more powerful because the Catholic Church officially backs it. So in June twenty twelve In his church in Merrillville, Maginot performed three exorcisms on Latoya Ammons. The first two were in English, and the final one was in Latin. For luck. Each time he praised praised God, condemned the devil, and and pressed a crucifix to Latoya's head as he said, I cast you out, unclean spirit, along with every satanic power of the enemy, every spectre from hell, and all your fell companions, in the, na- in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The priest's voice l- um, loudened as he spoke, and the demon's hold on Latoya weakened. He could tell that it's hold was weakening because her convulsions were lessening. Two police officers were on hand in case she grew violent, but she didn't. Instead, she continued to pray with him until it was just too painful. Something inside her was trying to hold on and inflict pain until she eventually fell asleep. Now, between exorcisms 2 and 3, Maginot went on a retreat. Went <laughs> on holiday, or bored, I guess. So his assistant set up a backup plan during his absence in case LaToya had severe issues. She wrote out one of the demon's names on a piece of paper, placed it in an envelope and surrounded it with blessed salt, and she was told to burn it if problems arose at this point Latoya and Rosa were living in India, Indiana, Indianapolis mm-hmm. travelling back for the exorcisms and child services hearings the contingency plan worked she called Maginot complaining of bad dreams and the assistant burned the envelope Latoya's nightmares stopped the final exorc- exorc- exorcism <laughs> exorcism existential crisis <laughs> Exorcism conducted in Latin was at the end of June. No police were present this this time, so Maginot's brother stood, stood guard instead. When he condemned the demons, Latoya convulsed once more, but not during prayer, and as before, she fell asleep at the end. Afterwards, Rosa and Latoya went back to Indianapolis, never seeing the Reverend again, living demon free. She regained custody of her children that November, and when the DCS case manager checked in on them in January 2013, she reported, no demonic presences or spirits in the home. That's, that's the...
1: That's the story. Yeah, that's
0: the story of Latoya Ammons.
1: The exorcisms. Well done. Yeah. That was thorough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still am concerned about 200 demons. I do not feel like a thing a few exorcisms can solve.
0: Well, they... Thing I said said that people who had been in there afterwards hadn't had any problems. Okay. So.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, I I. I'm very interested in the fact that in June 2012, when I was sat watching the London Olympics. Over across the pond, the police were helping in like an exorcism of someone. It's kind of like amazing to know that, that stuffs like happens. Yeah. And that like I I and I'm like I it's very it's it's difficult for me and my belief system, but like I can imagine it works. I can imagine for for people who I don't know. Maybe I'll regret if I say anything. <laughs> I don't I personally don't believe in demons. And I personally don't believe in exorcism, and yet, I can imagine that, like, a lot of psychological, like, help can't help some people, and something like yeah. three exorcisms
0: yeah.
1: can actually do a lot of good to someone yeah. who's that, in, through that deep guess, in that belief system. Yeah,
0: that it sort of, it convinces, it does exercise something from their brain, because yeah. they believe it does.
1: Yeah. That's um, my personal belief.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I believe in demons, but um, I also don't know enough to not to, to, <laughs> to, to like. I wouldn't want to mess with anything. No, no.
1: Like I'm, I'm, yeah. Whatever. I, I, I talk a big game, but I would. not... I
0: still think people. A lot of people, even if like it's not a demon or something, there's something's been if they say oh, something terrorising them then they, yeah, they've and like, had something go horrible.
1: In all of these stories, no matter what like the explanation is, I just think no one would put themselves through this. Yeah. And it really it's really upsetting.
0: I know, and... it's like she like having her children taken away and stuff like that's not anything to be sniffed at. And I think it's worth saying in that story, I think maybe some of the views of the people would have been different if she we're not a black woman. I yeah. think a lot of the stereotypes around irrational irras- black women may, may have come into play around the um, psychologist's thoughts. Absolutely. Like how quickly they took her children away.
1: Yes, um, I was thinking that.
0: Considering how that, she had been determined to be safe, um, present of mind and stuff.
1: Because you watch a lot of these paranormal shows, and they're always like these white suburban families, and everyone's always so sympathetic, and no one's childrens ever get children ever get taken away from them. Um, Yeah, that story was just kind of sad. (laughs) On all accounts, no matter what you believe.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Um, Do we have time for a? How long is it? not very long it was sent on twitter so it looks longer than it is it's
1: okay this is a, this is already a long episode so we might as well yeah it okay, in. So, so
0: here is a story sent in by my friend Charlie um she said this quite a while ago but I'm only just reading it now so I apologise I mean Bill I read it back then but I'm only just reading it here now mm-hmm. um she says when we first moved to this house about 12 or 13 years ago I kept seeing this like Large black shape in my peripheral vision. I was about 11 myself at this point, and I thought it was kind of unsettling, especially since I was really sad for a pretty long time after we moved. It was a newly built house, so it seems like a weird place for a ghost to be hanging out, but it was also this big empty place, bigger than any place I'd lived before. So one night I'm asleep, but I hear like a huffing, kind of wet breathing noise, and I sit up, and there's a shape in my doorway of a large black dog, and it's just standing there, barely visible because it's so dark. Honestly, it's possible I was just dreaming, but I definitely remember this happening more than once. And one time it was standing right over me. And this other story is not really a ghost story, but it's still quite creepy. Mm. Um, The other story is from when I was much younger. My dad was helping somebody move. I don't remember who. And I had come with him. After a few hours of my dad and his friends carrying boxes into the truck and stuff, I was getting kind of antsy and I saw my dad sitting on the curb in front of the house taking a break. I walked up to him, and I was like, Dad, when are we going home? And he stood up and turned around and looked at me, and it wasn't my dad. He was wearing the same thing and looked the same from behind, but his face was different. And He was smiling a little, and he said in a high-pitched voice, I'm not your dad. I ran into the house, and my dad was there, and I told him about it. And when we went back out front, the guy was gone. I still do not really know what to make of it. Uh-huh.
1: That's
0: weird. Th- things of like people who look slightly like someone you know, like just... Well, like, exactly, but slightly off. There's something really weird about that. I don't know what
1: it is. I still remember a experience from my childhood, which is not scary. It would have been funny to everyone there, of, like, running up to someone and hugging them, assuming them are their dad, and then looking up and realising it's not. And my dad was close by, and everyone found it, like, funny. But just, that was gut-wrenchingly embarrassing. Yeah. But if that added, like, high-pitched, I'm like, your dad. Yeah.
0: But also the black the black dog thing as well. Like, yeah. I mean, that's such a common folklore thing. Like, I mean, isn't a lot of cultures. I'm glad your
1: friend's are alive because that seems very <laughs> like isn't that the the precursor like the grim. of death? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for the submission. Yeah. Um, please send in your submissions to at the Poltercast Cast, on Twitter yeah. and thepoltercast that's, at gmail.com. Yeah. You can talk mm. to us directly.
0: Um, yes, I'm at Tiff Baxter um, on Twitter.
1: I'm at Hamish Steele. Our theme music is by Graham Waller of Glitterwolf. Their debut album, Spectrum, is available on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud and And, Bandcamp and all that stuff. And And, uh, Astral
0: Projection.
1: And Astral Projection, yep. Listening to conch shells. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And we know you only listen to our theme song, so you'll be able to hear a little bit in a second after we say... Rest Rest in peace.
0: peace.